welcome to Australian Horror Story, where we review and recap horror films directed, produced, written, or made in Australia or by Australians. I'm Depraved. I'm Dr. Death. And today we are going to discuss Cargo, a 2018 Netflix film. All right, Dr. Death, first initial thoughts on Cargo. I thought it was... A non-classic zombie movie. Yeah, it's hard to say it's a zombie movie because mm. they don't even use the word zombie. No, no. In the whole film, do they? No, they use uh, ghosts. It's more of a... Would you say it's post-apocalyptic? Yeah, I'd, I'd say... Yeah, actually, like I know we're kind of jumping straight into it here, but they never actually say what happened. Hey. No. Yeah, it's a bit post-apocalyptic, but yeah, I, I feel like it's really like holding on to that zombie, like survival kind mm. of genre just after some kind of pandemic has hit. Yeah. yeah. And the film's more concerned with the survivors than it is the actual creatures, yeah. the, the monsters, if you will. Yeah. So it this is a first time feature film by director and writers Ben Howling and Yoland Ramke. I hope I've got that right. Mm. And this film was based on a short film which started life in 2013. So it was only about an eight minute film that had several million hits on YouTube. So it was a really popular short film and apparently the filmmakers made the short film so uh, they could prove that they could make a film and Ah. then Netflix picked it up and they fleshed it out to a feature film. Are they Australian? The writer-director? Cool, cool. And it was shot by cinematographer Jeffrey Simpson, who is a well-known Australian cinematographer. He did Shine. And it's also produced by Christina Caton, who produced The Babadook. So there's some tie-ins there with uh, some more Australian horror. My initial thoughts with this film, I've watched it twice now, and I loved it the first time I saw it. Mm. I, um, I found it to be really emotional. Mm. And I think in its essence, it's a film about parenting and the lengths that a parent will go to to protect their child. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, we can dig into it mm. later, but there's also theories about it being a, a thinly disguised metaphor for white occupation of Australia uh-huh. and stuff like that. But yep. I think at its heart, it's a film about parenting. Yeah, and survival instincts. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that, it's so emotional so do you want to say who's in it it's starring martin freeman Mm -hmm. who plays andy we also have simone landers who plays toomey and we have susan porter who plays Kay. yeah although we we don't see her for very long yeah she's only like a brief cameo at the Uh beginning i think martin freeman's amazing in this he's really well fitted for the role i guess he shows really restricted emotion throughout most of the movie Mm. which I think comes from I guess a place of shock but also as we're saying like that survival instinct kicking in yeah you know just having to take that next step not really having the moment to stop and reflect on like the atrocities that have kind of just happened in his life so yeah he just keeps pushing forward he keeps moving forward and I think he's so wonderful and I think the young actress who plays Toomey is so great too. Yeah. She's she's so expressive in her eyes. Oh, God. And she's heartbreaking sometimes. And, and I just love her. Her little glimpses of happiness, like whenever you see her smile, it's mm. just really nice. Yeah, yeah. And her story's so heartbreaking too. And, oh, 
I just think this movie is so emotional. Shall we just talk a bit about the plot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we open up on a houseboat and it's in the middle of the Australian outback, I guess you could mm. say, because we kind of have all these beautiful drone shots of the Australian outback. So we know we're in the middle of nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. And we open on this houseboat going down the river and there's a family and that's Andy, which is Martin Freeman and Kay, which is Susie Porter and cute little baby <laughs> Rosie. And they're really battling against time. We find that their rations are running low. This is where we get a bit of exposition about what's happening in the rest of Australia. Mm-hmm. So they've got a map out on the table and they're looking at all the different hotspots mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out a safe place where they can go. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they know that they have to get off the houseboat. Because they're running out of rations. Yeah, that's right. And I think they have... Well, uh, Andy has a plan to get to the military base. Mm. Yep. It doesn't really say how far away they are at that point, I don't believe. No. But they only have like perhaps three days left of food. Yeah. And we don't really know at this stage what they're fighting against. Like mm. we haven't seen in any of the creatures like the infected yet or uh-huh. anything. But what we do see is another family on the shoreline that, mm-hmm. the, that our family in the houseboat comes across. And the other family is really hostile. And there's balloons and it looks like they're having some kind of party. And then Andy starts yelling out to them and the family's having fun. But then we see the dad show a gun mm. um, under his shirt and then Andy just kind of walks back inside. Yeah, so we learn that it's not just the infected that they have to be afraid of, uh-huh. but it's other survivors as well. Yeah. They come across a half-sunken yacht and Andy decides that he's going to go and investigate this yacht for some supplies. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and grabs some supplies and that's all good. Whilst he's in the yacht, he notices that a, a banging on one of the doors, and but he gets out of there before anything happens. Then a little bit later on, Kay decides that she's going to go back into that yacht and that is a fatal mistake, mm. fatal error. Because Andy comes back and brings a bottle of wine for their anniversary or something like that. Yeah, that's right. And then he's gone inside to have a lie down and she we, we put the pieces together that she's also gone to look for something for him. They make this little joke about him needing a razor mm. because he downplays the danger of going in. She just kind of wanders in and seems to assume that it's safe. But yeah. it's not. It's not safe. And yeah, and Katie... Gets bitten by an unseen thing. We don't see what bites her. Mm. That happens and then we cut back to Kay back in the houseboat and she's bleeding. Actually, this is a really emotional moment when you see on Andy's face when he realises. Such good acting. Yeah, when he realises that that she's been bitten and he's kind of a bit in denial. He's like, we need to get you to a hospital because maybe it wasn't an infected person that bit you. And Kay's like, it had fingers. I know. See, it's interesting you think he's in denial. I think he's going into that mode of just trying to hold hope. And his face, you know, when he initially sees the bite, that's what that looks like to me. Just, I have to act like it's fine. Not because he's in denial, but because he has to hold that hope for her. And it's okay, we're going to get you to a hospital um, to kind of keep her spirits high. Yeah. It's so so (laughs) devastating. In the background, you've got this gorgeous little baby who's Mm. only maybe about, I'd say about eight months old. She's real bubba and... Who was played by four different babies, I learned. Oh, really? Which is weird because I didn't realise that. They all look the same. <laughs> Just little white babies. 
They all look the same. I don't know how they work with babies that young. The moments that they captured with Andy and Rosie, I don't know how that happened. They must do a lot of work um, pre-shooting of the actors spending time with the baby. Yeah. Or babies. Uh Uh-huh. Otherwise, because, you know, babies that age, they just, they don't like being held by anybody who's not mama or dada. Yeah. And so they must do a lot of, like, work with with the actor and and so the actor gets to know the baby. Yeah. And there's little moments where Rosie will just go, mama or dada. I just think they must have had the mum or dad standing behind somewhere. Because there's there's one shot actually in the end and you see Rosie reaching out and I'm like... <laughs> yeah. With, with her gaze kind of directed off camera. So, yeah. Yeah. So all of these moments are made even more emotional because mm. in the background you've got this cute little baby who's so vulnerable mm, mm. and you know that she's like she's about to lose her mama and it's just really heartbreaking one thing i want to talk about after Kay gets bitten is she puts on this electronic bracelet mm-hmm. and they've also got this emergency medical kit that the electronic bracelet comes from uh-huh. so that's pretty interesting and she sets a timer on the electronic bracelet which counts down 48 hours i feel like they come automatically for 48 because yeah we learned 48 right, yeah. is the time length that you know people tend to turn and it's also got inside it this pretty brutal uh suicide device yeah like it's almost like an EpiPen, which you insert into your brain (laughs) yeah on the side of your head yeah it's brutal and it's also got like hand restraints in there yeah and a bite guard yes um as well as this little uh pamphlet which looks like the things that you'd get on airplanes about like the symptoms to watch out for including like goop from the eyes and mouth Mm. so the fact that we've got this emergency kit Mm -hmm. kind of tells us that this pandemic has been going on for a while and the government were prepared yeah so that's interesting Mm -hmm. all right so Kay puts on the bracelet and they decide to leave the boat to try and find her medical help at Mm -hmm. a hospital this is when we kind of cut away from the family we go to a young aboriginal girl who we later learn is named Toomey she's kind of in the outback and she seems to be holding captive a bit of a monster. Mm-hmm. She's like throwing food down into a gully for him. And whilst we're learning more about the family, we keep cutting back to this young girl. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd say that, yeah, we, we're kind of getting to know both storylines at the same time. At this stage, we still haven't seen any of the infected, but we're about to catch a glimpse once Kay and Andy go onto land. Yeah. And Kay and Andy find a car. Then even during the middle of an epidemic, they still manage to go safety first and they get a baby seat. Yes. <laughs> and so there's this really cool scene where they're putting the baby seat in and they're figuring out how to start the car and everything. Then one of the infected mm. kind of moans and comes up and we catch like only the tiniest little glimpse. What do you think about the director's choice to not really do a reveal of the infected until a bit later on in the film? I think because by this point, the zombie genres are so overplayed, Mm. it didn't matter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we all know what a zombie is. It's not like a big reveal to me anyway. Yeah, Um, that's true. Yeah. It's just like, we get it. The zombies. Because we don't really get to see what it looks like when they're turned until Kay actually turns, do we? I feel like there's... I 
don't know actually that's yeah I, i'm not sure i'm not sure i because they they do encounter that other one as andy's filling up the gas tank mm. yes and i think that's our next ghost or whatever yeah the infected or as yes. Tumi calls them ghosts yes yeah does that kind of happen directly after that yeah that moment yep. yeah and i think we also get to see this is where we also learn that the infected or the ghosts whatever you want to call them mm. let's call them ghosts put their heads they bury their heads in the ground uh-huh and they hibernate uh-huh and we also learn that you have to be quiet because noise attracts them mm-hmm. as well so there's those old tropes about keeping silent and yeah all that stuff so so the family's driving along in the car and Kay takes a turn for the worst at some point and this is really where we realize they're battling against time mm-hmm. and this is where we get to see some of the symptoms of this it's almost like a like a gnarly flu yeah right? yeah it's like this sticky substance yeah. that comes out of their mouth uh-huh. and it looks like tree sap it's i know it's so <laughs> gross it's really yuck yeah and she's foaming at the mouth <gasps> mm. and we're like okay she's gonna turn really soon and so they're driving along the way to the hospital and then suddenly there's an infected person standing in the middle of the road and Andy swerves and he crashes the car. We look down and he discovers that poor Kay's been impaled by a tree branch. Mm. And lucky they had that baby car seat. Oh, uh, yeah, true. So Andy passes out mm. and then he wakes up and Kay has gone fully turned and she bites him. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is really sad. Yeah. How did you feel about that moment? When he was bitten by Kay? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's sad. I, it probably didn't affect me in the same way that it did you. Yeah. But maybe that was the moment. Uh, Depraved and I were speaking before about this film and how it actually made us both quite emotional. Mm. And I was saying there were two points in the movie. And I think this is probably the one that I couldn't that I couldn't quite remember. But I remember what happens directly after it. So, mm. so he gets bitten and then I think he has a moment alone and he's just kind of leaning back on the car. Because yes. he is kind of acting in these instincts, impulses. And it's, he never really kind of gets the, the moments to sit back and process. Mm. And I feel like he gets bitten. He, he takes care of things. Like, I think he gets Rosie out, I would imagine. He gets, yeah, gets Rosie, Rosie out. out and puts yep. her in like a little backpack. Yeah. And... Yep. And then he's just got this little moment of reflection. And that's what got me when he's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. my wife was just impaled. And I think he's also holding responsibility because he was the driver. There's just so much going on for this character. And I think it's just that little moment of like, oh my God. Yeah. And that, and he also, and he has to kill Kay. Yeah. With the, oh, with the that's what thing. happened directly before. Mm. Yep. He, yeah, he has to use the suicide device, EpiPen deal into a temple. And then he has that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just so sad. And he puts the countdown bracelet on. Mm-hmm. And then he gets straight to it. He's like, all mm. right. And he puts Rosie in the backpack and mm-hmm. he starts walking. This is when he comes across to me and Tumi's dad, who is an infected person. Mm-hmm. And it was Tumi's dad who was on the road. Uh-huh. And we realized that Tumi is protecting her father from something. Yeah. So she yells out because Andy goes to approach who I assume's name is Willie, given that the yeah. the name tags her is dad, Willie. Willie yeah. And yeah, he goes to say, look what you did to my wife. And then Tumi yells out, don't hurt my dad. Cuts open her hand with a um, rock, Mm -hmm. smears the blood on the tree, and then proceeds to take off with, like, her dad following the scent of blood. Yeah. 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 And she's also 
put some kind of contraption over her dad's mouth as well. Really ingenious. Yeah. So Andy's kind of continuing on his way with Rosie in the backpack and this whole time I'm so concerned about Rosie getting sunburned in the harsh Australian <laughs> sun. <laughs> Cause even though she's got a little hat on, I just feel like it's not enough sun protection. <laughs> Cause she's this tiny little pink blue eyed baby. And it's so hot in that Australian outback. Oh, that's funny. I just I hope you remember to put sunscreen on her as well. The two come across an old abandoned a school or hospital or I'm not sure what it is. I think that's the school next door to the hospital. Right, but it's 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 like a remote community mm. hub kind mm. of thing. They meet a lady who helps and she's the only one there. Mm-hmm. And she helps Andy clean his wounds. And Andy briefly considers leaving Rosie with this lady. Mm, mm. But he doesn't because... Does she have cancer or something? I I don't know. It's kind of alluded because you see there's a scar on her head. Like, she takes off a wig and, yeah. and she's bald and she has a scar. I'm actually not sure why he doesn't choose... Yeah, I feel like she would have been a pretty good choice. Yeah. But I, maybe it was that he realises she's got cancer and she doesn't maybe have long to live. And There's that. I also think because she lets him know that she had um, some Indigenous students uh, mm-hmm. and they're now living off the land and she believes that they have the better chance of survival. Yeah, that's right. And I kind of wonder if that's why... I don't know. I'm not sure. It's not really clear. Yeah. She says something interesting. She says that all of the mobs all over the country uh, have come together and they sensed what was coming, Mm -hmm. which I I guess the pandemic. Uh And they're all coming together and they're going out in hunting groups Mm -hmm. and they're killing the infected. Uh Uh-huh. And so, and she gives Andy the lead to go and find Toomey and her fam- and her people. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After that, we cut back to Toomey again. She's got her dad in a cage that she's made. It's like a makeshift cave, like in the caverns of, in the rocks. And we hear that Toomey's mum is calling out for her. Mm. But Toomey won't go to her mum. She wants to stay with her dad and protect her dad. Mm-hmm. I guess because she doesn't want the hunting groups that are going out to kill her dad. We keep kind of cutting back, backwards and forwards mm. to Toomey and Andy until their storylines merge. Andy then leaves that hospital and he keeps walking with Rosie And then the next thing he comes across is an old abandoned military base. And Andy helps a guy out of a hole. This guy's name is Vic. Mm. And we kind of at first think, oh, he's all right. He seems really cool. He takes Andy back to his compound. But we very soon learn that Vic is a total racist asshole Mm. so when we get back to his little shanty we're introduced to um, a lady who's there i don't remember her name yeah i don't remember her name but we can see immediately that the relationship that vic and she have is really odd and very one-sided but yeah she tries to make andy and rosie welcome so so the first people that they've seen since everything went down And she's really anxious and nervous. And Vic calls her his quote-unquote wife. Mm. But we later on learn that she's not actually his wife. And Andy leaves the baby with this lady. Because they're in like a secure compound. And he goes off with Vic to shoot some infected people. Mm. Which it's never clear why they do that. 
No, Vic's... Are they getting gas or something? I don't no, know. No, Vic is stealing stuff from the infected people's oh, pockets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like watches and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. But the major thing we learn about this scene is that Toomey has been locked in a cage, like big metal cage in the middle of the outback and used as bait for the infected people coming so they so Vic can then shoot them. Uh-huh. And obviously, this doesn't sit very well with Andy. Mm. Who doesn't do anything at the time. No. He's he, a bit complicit. He he doesn't. But, I mean, what can he do? He's in a bit of a tricky situation, huh? Yeah, because yep. Vic's got a gun and his Rosie's, Rosie's also yep. back in the compound. Mm-hmm. So there's not much he can do. But I feel really sorry for Toomey at this stage mm-hmm. because she's just so scared and she's in this big metal cage. But... They anyway. also they also happen upon um, somebody who Toomey calls the clever man. Yes, who we're, we're also introduced to him a little bit earlier. He kind of tells people about the I forget what his word is, but he can sense that something's changed, mm. and we find him also in a cage. Yes, yeah, yeah, and he's a really important Aboriginal elder, mm. and Toomey believes that he can cure her dad. Mm-hmm. He can like put the soul back into the into their body or something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, Vic's a racist pig, and I believe that Vic's like a metaphor for racist Australia. That's just my theory. Uh-huh. And so they go back to the compound. Andy is very thoughtful, and that night Andy tries to commit suicide with the EpiPen mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just calling it the EpiPen because <laughs> that's what it looks like. So he tries to commit suicide by stabbing himself in the head with this pen thing. But Vic's quote-unquote wife stops him and says, you can't leave the baby here with us because Vic's unsafe. Mm -hmm. That's when Vic knocks out Andy because he thinks that he's trying to steal his wife and Andy ends up in the cage, in the big metal cage with Toomey. Uh-huh, yeah. So what do you think about Toomey and Andy's escape, inexplicable escape from the big metal cage? Well, yeah, I mean, so what happens is, like, there's intestines already hung on the cage for bait, which they're already in the cage. They mm. are the bait. I don't know why the intestines are also there. Yeah, Anyways, I'm not sure. And then, <laughs> because earlier in the piece, it shows Andy fishing, and I suppose because he's such a sick fisherman, he then, like, ties the intestines to, like, this, what is it, a rope, I guess, mm-hmm. then flings that out, and then that's going to open the cage door because the infected come and they, like, pull the rope. It's so unrealistic. Yeah, okay? I I don't... I I think it's really unrealistic because if they could... If, if the rope could that easily pulley the then gate up... pull it yourself. Then pull it yourself. It's, and also, like... If it's that easily pulled open, then, like, just push it open. But when he goes to do it, he's like, oh, it's impossible. And I'm yeah. like, why? <laughs> Physics doesn't work that way. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. But in any case, they escape. I'm sure when they wrote it, they're like, this is so sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how they can do it. Uh, nope. Yeah. So they escape and they go back to the compound and they rescue Rosie and they try to take Vic's wife with them but she ends up sacrificing herself so the so mm. Andy and Rosie and Toomey can escape mm-hmm. 
and she gets shot. So they run away and Vic's left back with his shot wife and they go back to try and find the clever man, but Mm -hmm. he's escaped from the cage as well. Probably just by like lifting the door. (laughs) Yeah, probably because he's a clever man. So, okay. So we learn that time's running out for Andy and he's only got nine hours until he turns and he starts exhibiting symptoms. Like he's had a couple of bad turns where he's like been foaming at the mouth Mm. and he's got like the sticky stuff coming out of his mouth. And he also starts to like dig holes in the ground (laughs) and lick rocks with blood on them and stuff. Yeah. With with the, the, the blood on the rocks, I wasn't sure if he was like banging his head on the rocks or if he was like starting to hibernate. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that he was licking blood off the rock. Okay. But he could have been banging his head and then he left blood and then he was licking the blood off the rock. Yeah. But in any case, Mm. we definitely see that he's, he's running out of time. Mm -hmm. By the way, they're trying to get back to the family at this point. Hey, yep. So the family that we spoke about who he initially encountered on the river, I don't know why he's trying to get back to them, but I I suppose. I think he feels like he might want to leave Rosie with that family. Yes. Despite this guy having a gun, I think he, he's run out of options. They're the only people that he knows exist at this point. That's right. So they go and they end up finding the camp of that family mm, mm. and it's all abandoned. And the reason why the, the family's camp is abandoned is probably one of the most crushing scenes, I reckon, in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really impacted by that scene. Yeah, you were. Yeah, because the father of that family makes a really, really hard decision. And I just think that would be an option, you know, like in in this world, mm-hmm. there really aren't that many options mm. available. And, and I guess that there are some people who would just give up. And yeah, that's, that is such a crushing scene. So what I kind of put together as well, because when, when they go into the camp, you see like there's cake and stuff. And if you recall, um, back when he first encountered them, they were having a party. Yeah. I get the feeling that the dad's trying to make this as positive as he can for mm. them. When we meet them again, like they're dressed up in costumes and stuff and they're having cake and dad's trying to make this like really good time for them like a game almost yeah do you think that the wife and children knew what was coming or i think the wife did but not the kids no yeah no it's that's that to me is just one of the most crushing scenes i i just yeah and you don't actually see anything no but you hear it and you see it in andy's face Mm. and at that point andy i think that's a bit of a rock bottom for him. I think he actually does consider going the same way. Well, he takes the gun, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Because the dad offers, I've got two bullets left for you and your daughter. You can take them. Yeah. And there's this shot of Andy sitting on the ground, looking at the gun, Mm. contemplating and behind him is little Rosie sitting Mm. on a little blanket. And then she just goes, Dada. Mm. And oh, <laughs> it's so sad. And then Toomey comes in. And then Toomey comes mm. in and she picks she hears up, the gunshots. Yeah, and she mm. picks up Rosie protectively. Mm. It's at this point that Toomey decides that she wants to go back to her people yep. and her family. Mm-hmm. And she offers to take 
Rosie with her mm-hmm. and she tells and Andy is going to help get Rosie there as well. So they don't have far to go because they can see the smoke coming up from the fires from the hunting groups mm-hmm. that have been out killing the infected. But they do have to go through a big black scary train tunnel <laughs> to get there. Which is described as proper creepy. <laughs> proper creepy. Yeah. And the train tunnel is filled with hibernating infected people. Mm -hmm. And you know what? This is the first time that it's kind of described as the hibernating. Mm. So they're all, you know, with their heads against the wall, just kind of like thrashing about slowly. (laughs) Yeah. Then we also happen across Vic. Yes, who's at the other end of the tunnel. Uh Uh-huh. And he's pissed. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Um, So they almost make it through... They see Vic, a shootout ensues. Toomey gets her head bashed against the train line. So she's kind of incapacitated. Mm -hmm. But in the end, Vic kind of lets them go, right? Yeah. After there's this pretty emotional moment where Vic takes Rosie and is holding Rosie and... uh, I hate this bit. Yeah. I hate it. So Andy's next to Vic being like, please don't hurt her. And then Vic's saying, you took something from me. I'm going to take something from you. Something to that effect. Yeah. I hate that because the baby is visibly upset. I know. It's awful. And it's so horrible. And it must have been really hard for that actor who played Vic, I reckon, because he's kind of aggressively grabbing. Grabbing the baby's hair and I'm sure the baby wasn't hurt in the process. Let me just say that. It is really emotional and it's, and you can really feel the tension Mm. and I just didn't know which way it was going to go. I thought, Mm. oh my God, they're not going to hurt the baby or they can't hurt the baby. No. (laughs) This is where we're almost coming to the end of the film and Andy's just about to turn. He's got, Mm. he's trying to help Toomey. He's digging holes in the ground. He's digging holes in the ground. (laughs) He's really losing it. Um, and Toomey can't walk properly. Mm. Uh, he's got mm. Rosie on his back and that's when he comes up with the plan of how he's going to actually get the girls to Toomey's people, mm-hmm. which did you want to talk about that? So or? he comes across an animal, he wraps intestines around a stick mm. and he kind of fashions it so that the stick's like hanging in front of him, kind of like, I guess they used to do to donkeys or whatever. Yeah. Like a horse and carrot. Yeah kind of thing yeah yeah so he's like he's got the baby strapped to his back Toomey's jumped on board on his back also holding the stick in front of him and he's yep. just kind of like trotting along and he puts the mouth guard in yeah so yep. he can't bite and he he ties his hands together at yep. the front yeah and basically Rosie and Toomey ride him mm. into Toomey's people <laughs> and they ride him yeah they ride they do, they do don't they <laughs> But I absolutely love the aesthetic of that final scene mm. where you see Toomey's people killing all the infected. Oh, they're so cool. They're hey. so cool. And they look like such warriors. What, warriors is the word. Oh, yep. my God. So strong. They're all painted up. And, yeah, they look so strong. Yep. Those scenes that are kind of interjected throughout the film, like whenever I see them, I think if anybody is going to survive a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> it's definitely our indigenous people yeah. because they know the land. Uh-huh. And I freaking loved that scene. That's really I just cool. loved the way it looked. And Toomey's mum is such a warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he finally makes it, and Toomey's people are so happy to have her back, and they accept Rosie mm, immediately in, into their kind of world. And it's really quite emotional, and it kind of ends there 
really on and a happy I, note yeah and on they lift up uh, rosie's shirt and yeah. then written on her tummy in the paint that they're using to protect themselves from the ghosts it says thank you which yeah. i just thought was really nice yeah <laughs> yeah it ends on a happy mm. note yeah to me like because when andy does get them to their people they go to kill Andy and then mm. Toomey really kindly before sprays um, his wife's perfume so he has like this moment of like remembrance and then she holds his hand and then they kill him yeah 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 it's oh, it's, so, <laughs> it's so emotional that's the film yeah. in a bit of a nutshell I mean there's more to it than that obviously look I really liked this movie I liked it less on the second viewing mm. because it is a little bit long and mm. drawn out yeah but there's I, some lulls for sure like some yeah. quiet points that don't need to be there I think it's a beautiful film like I think it's so beautifully shot and all the kind of drone footage of the outback and there's just some really really beautiful simple shots like in the opening shot when you've got the tea towels just blowing in the wind. You know what's so funny when they showed that I thought of you immediately because Depraved has this weird like Australiana like yeah, obsession and when I saw them I immediately thought of you I'm like you'll, collect, you'll love it I collect Australiana tea towels and t-shirts <laughs> yes I do <laughs> but yeah I just I, I think it's really beautifully shot mm. and I think as far as an entry into the post-apocalyptic zombie genre I think it's a really worthy one as an Australian entry into that genre mm. Because it's such an Australian film. Like, mm, you mm. couldn't get more Australian than this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not scary. No. Yeah, what, what do you reckon? I think it's uh, listed as a mystery or a thriller or something. I don't know mystery. what. Mystery. Right? I'm like, what's mysterious? <laughs> Why they're digging the holes? Like, it's, again, it's, it's one of those kind of weird borderline ones that I wouldn't class as being a horror movie. I think because it has zombies in it. That's what's getting over the line. If I'm honest, I am really bored of zombie movies. I think the the genre has been done to death and it's not interesting. I like a fast zombie. I love rage zombies, but yeah. like this type of like meandering, oh, you got bit. Oh, you're going to turn. Oh, what's going to, oh, you're going to have to face whether you suicide. Like mm. it's boring in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It has been done to death. Yeah. And the slow zombies, I just think, yeah. well, I mean, Surely it can't be that hard not to get bitten. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know, yeah. It's pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. If they chucked in some fast, like, rage zombies, yes. it would have been immediately a better movie. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're but just exciting. Yeah, have you seen Train to Busan? No! Oh my not god, yet. you actually see that movie? It's so good. Oh, that, they're some of the scariest zombies I've ever it. seen in my life. It mm-hmm. is terrifying it is such a good movie now that's a zombie movie that also made me cry huh yeah and it's terrifying yeah it's weird because they often have this like my favorite is uh 28 days later oh my god yes i love it love it but they all have this kind of real morality and also dealing with mortality as well about do do i sacrifice myself and i think a lot of this movie actually was about sacrifice oh yeah you know what's what's the bigger picture here and I, i think that's what's at the cornerstone of most zombie films yeah i think a good zombie film makes you question how what you yourself would do in that situation and i think that's why this film cargo affected me Mm. because 
as a parent, you know, you know how, what lengths you go to protect your child. Mm -hmm. I can put myself so much in Andy's place. But then again, I can also put myself in the place of that family who did give up hope as well. So I think that's why it affected me probably maybe a bit more than you. But Yeah. yeah. And what do you think about some reviewers that claim that this is a metaphor for white occupation of Australia. What do you think about that? See, I, I really want to hear, because I haven't read about that yet, I want to hear a bit more about what you read. Because as you were saying when we were talking about the short film, this version, like the actual film, it's mm. a lot different from the short. Mm. Yeah, well, the short doesn't have any Aboriginal characters at all. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have any of that. Mm. You don't see any of the background story it's literally just eight minutes long he wakes up in the car he gets bitten and then he gets the stick gets the stick and he walks rosie to safety that is that is literally the short film Uh uh-huh so all this other stuff has been put in there later to flesh it out flesh it out yeah yeah so tell us about the uh the theories the metaphors what you read about okay so the well Honestly, in the reviews that I've read, they didn't really elaborate on how it was a metaphor for white occupation of Australia. They just said <laughs> it, it just was. just is okay. <laughs> they just said it was. So I can't really elaborate sure. much on that. Yep. But, but then I also read this other theory about why the zombies were, or not zombies, ghosts, the infected were burying their heads in the ground. Uh-huh. So this was a comment on a a reader comment on one of the reviews I read. This guy reckons that the infected bury their heads in the ground because the pandemic is a parasite that came from the ground that was disturbed during the process of fracking. And as in the film, fracking is a bit of a motif. Like we keep going back to fracking mines and all that kind of Uh stuff. It sounds like a swear word, but it's not. (laughs) So it's a parasite that was disturbed during the process of the underground fracking and the parasites are trying to get back in underground because they need darkness. Mm-hmm. So that was one theory that Which, I read. Yeah, as I was saying to you, I think, uh, I, I don't think the writer was that clever. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, if that were the case, there would have had to be some further explanation you know, explanation about mm. that and, and it wasn't. But there were little signs about fracking. If if neither of us picked that up and it was just, you know, this one commenter. Yeah. It's fairly unlikely. It could it could be a couple of things, the burying the head in the ground deal. Literally burying your head in the ground as a bit of a metaphor for what who knows but I feel like they were trying to get at something there Mm. do you know what I mean like I feel like they were like this means this and it's like what does it mean and that's not answered and there's not enough like suggestions as to what that might mean just these open kind of metaphors yes yeah and we'll just kind of leave that there and you guys can put the pieces together to Mm. see what that means it's like they're trying to make it a little bit more prolific than what it actually was yeah Uh, that feels mean to say but that that's kind of how it came across also the other thing i thought they were literally just burying their heads in the ground because they were out in the outback and there's no other means of shade and they need to go to the darkness to hibernate right yeah so it could be something that simple yeah <laughs> could it be a metaphor for australians burying their head in the sand of what the regarding government's, fracking what, or... yeah what the government's yeah. doing to the environment it's a bit of a reach though is it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like yeah i feel like we're trying to make it more interesting than what yeah. It, yeah yeah true it feels true mean but <laughs> what were your thoughts on the actual like infected 
makeup, like I that think, whole look, choice to I make think, it look like that. I think it's a really simple way um, to show that somebody's turned without having to invest in <laughs> yeah <laughs> in some in more effective of... special effects. Yeah. It was cool, though. We haven't seen that, but well, I don't recall seeing that before in a zombie movie, so... Yeah, it was like just like a really intense mm. flu. Mm. Conjunctivitis. <laughs> Conjunctivitis, yeah. I thought it was really gross. I'm just thinking out loud. Like, if we're talking about metaphors... And if we're infected, we can't speak or see. I'm just thinking if there's if there's things that they're trying to say without mm. saying it, I wonder if that alludes to anything. Or again, I wonder if it was just like a simple way of showing that somebody had turned. Yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I feel, look, maybe there's some undertone to this movie that we're not picking up on. Perhaps. Perhaps it's much deeper than we are giving it credit for. I'm not but sure. if it's not clear, then it's not clear. You know, yeah. you, you can't just have like little moments and hope that people put things together for you. Mm. It has to be made clear somehow. Yeah, yeah. So what would you kind of rate this film? Mm. It's weird, hey, because I think Martin Freeman's a cool actor. I really liked him. We loved his interactions with Rosie. We loved Toomey. But I don't love the movie. So rating wise, I reckon, weirdly, I want to say a two, but I liked it a bit more than that. Okay. How about you? Oh, I'd give it like a three and a half. Hmm. You liked it more than me. Yeah, yeah, I did. Look, I enjoyed it, but I have patience for kind of beautiful films like and I thought it was really beautiful so yeah you you like different things that I do hey yeah but I agree it was a little bit drawn out they Mm -hmm. could there's definitely a bit of editing that they could have done there just to get it a bit more concise Uh uh-huh yeah and yeah maybe they should have left it as a short film I don't know yeah no I liked it yeah I recommend it yeah I think a part of me not liking this movie is just because I'm so done with zombie movies yeah and also because most zombie movies are based on metaphor for something. Mm. And I feel like I'm just so done with that yep. that I want something new. Yep, fair enough. Yep. All right, well, that's our recap and review of the 2018 film Cargo, and you can watch it on Netflix.